Wednesday, sunshine with a southerly breeze returned. The middle 70s. Making travel vacation plans soon? Come and explore the best travel packages, pricing, and deals available all under one roof. Travel Central Vacation's annual Vacation Expo has something for you. One evening only, Tuesday, October 17th, 3.30 to 6 p.m. In the Alexander Room in Terrace, 3200 Ridge Lake Drive, Suite 300, Metairie. It's free now if you are RSVP now at TravelCentralVacations.com or $5 at the door. RSVP now, 504 for 7,000. The views and opinions expressed during this show are those of the hosts and guests only. In no way do they represent the views, positions, or opinions expressed or implied of WGSO 990 AM or North Shore Radio, LLC. Man, all oh man, it is Monday after an election day. We've been looking for for 20 years. Uh, Louisiana has a heartbeat. It has, it's breathing, and it's got a pulse. We had a, a quite a turnout, quite a re, uh, culmination of a, an election cycle that we've all been talking about since Saturday night, talking about Sunday, probably talking about Monday at work. But it was a, it was a heck of a um, a change. That's what really it ought to be known, this is the change. The 2023 revolution. We have decided to come into the 21st century. Glad to be here. I hope you are. Paul Hurd, your host. Hurd's Louisiana Live is the program. We're going to bring a little bit of financial, and then we're going to talk Louisiana politics and the results thereof. Uh, it's a great, it's a great, I believe it's a great day. Also, I had of my, of my uh, recommendations and my picks for who would win governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state and attorney general. I only lost one. One of my recommendation on secretary of state barely missed the uh, runoff. Mr. Mike Francis a good friend, and 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 I would have been a great Secretary of State. Miss Landry led the way and led it pretty handily. I told somebody over the weekend on that election when they said, "Well, who do you think is going to get the Secretary of State?" I said, "I think the vote is going to be twenty-one percent, twenty-one percent, twenty-one percent, and somebody's going to win by five hundred or eight hundred votes, and that's just about the way it turned out." Um, I think it wasn't even 21 each. I think it was 19, 18, 18. And in the rest of it, there were several other candidates, and it was spread. And uh, somebody always comes in a distance third. I came in a distance third for Louisiana Supreme Court 25 years ago, but it, I, it happened. But anyway, it's a uh, that stuff happens, and um, Mr. Third is Mr. Nowhere, so... It's a, it's a good effort, but it just didn't work out. The governor's race, I've been telling you on this show that Jeff Landry had a chance to make that 50% plus one because the whole strategy was to find an anti-Landry amongst the Republicans, and instead Louisiana said, we like Landry. We need a little bit of a feisty fighter that wants to 
talk about crime, wants to talk about high taxes, wants to talk about fixing our children's education. And everybody else offered, I promise to keep it going the way it is. And I'll tell you the two things that we know from such a decisive vote for those of us who are here and such a low vote as a, as a gross number is we know that the lowness, this would have been worse without out-migration. Out uh, but we'll talk about that. This is Paul Hurd, your host. Love to hear from you at 504-556-9696, the, uh, Louis, the uh, Louisiana Excellence Hotline. We'd love to hear what you think. We've got a couple about who's going to be in charge and who's not going to be in charge. And quite frankly, this community, between being Democratic and being very, a lot of them squishy Republicans, um, there's a new day in town in East Baton Rouge, I believe, and in the both in the mansion and in the legislature, because you've really got a change in the Louisiana Senate that did not come from here. It did not come Orleans, Jefferson, uh, St. Tammany. It came from the rest of the state, the Shreveport, the Northwest area. Northeast is a is a go along, get along. Uh, the blind leading the blind up there, uh, but central and southwest and and uh, central. When I say central, I mean Lafayette to the southwest. Certainly not Baton Rouge, though there were some there. Uh, you got a new you got a new group in town that can will support the governor, and things are going to change. I think it's great for business. Uh, but Kylie, I got to get. Let's do what we always do. Let's do a fast. Financial report, it's worth doing today. That's one reason to do it. Uh, let's talk about it real quickly. Uh, the S&P uh, was up 45 points. It's up 1%. Uh, closed. I, I, I don't know about you. I don't really think we all care too much about what the number is. Tell me which way it went. Uh, NASDAQ is up uh, 160 points. It went up 1.2%. Dow Jones was up 313 points. It was up almost 1%, nine tenths of 1%. All up, all good, all two steps up. Not just one step up, one step down. Give me a whole percent, we're getting somewhere, and that's what we got. Uh, the, um, the, the two year Treasury closed at 5.1, which is up. As, and then the 30-year closed at 4.86. What you get is an inverted curve of 0.24. Uh, again, it's the squishy, flat curve. The Federal Reserve Bank desperately trying politically, politically to get to a point that it can reduce interest rates to help the Democrats nationally, not help people struggling because of inflation. They're going to let that go. It's down from its peak. But remember this. If we today flattened out and had no inflation for six months, we would still have increased rates of 18% over a year ago. So we need not only elimination of inflation, we need growth, wage growth, 
and deflation of the cost of living, cost of goods. We don't, we're not even near that. They woke Joe Biden up yesterday. Now, and the president of the United States is going to do an interview at 60 Minutes. And darned if he doesn't say, now look, remember, I'm tired. Uh, or his people told 60 Minutes, now be easy on him, he's tired. Uh, what can we do? But that's why this is really a national problem on the inflation. But look, let's do this. Bitcoin, bless his pee-picking heart. It's back up in 28,474. Up 1,447 points, up 5% in a day. 5% in a day. Uh, 28,000. That's about as high as it's been in the last six months. Let's see if it can hold. And, I, and let's talk a, a minute about why. Natural gas is down a little bit. It's down to 3.12. It's been 3.3. Uh, it's uh, headed... It, well before that, it was down below three. And that may be where it's going back down because crude oil is doing the same thing. Crude oil is was down almost a percent uh, per barrel, 86.7. It got up above my favorite ceiling of 85, and it was down below that. But over the weekend, it went up. And then today versus the weekend, it came back down a little bit. Uh, that's where we are. Uh, the uh, market's up. Gold is down. Oil is down. The market is up. Interest rates are flat. They're not going up anymore right now uh, in spite of the inflation numbers, but at least everything is reasonably flat, and uh, that's what we've got uh, in the market today. Let's... Um, Look, I wanted to admit, we can start working our way through the elections because they were great. Um, I had told you on this program that we had a chance that Jeff Landry would win in the primary, that he would get 50% plus one vote. And sure enough, he did. And it's, uh, it's interesting to read the expert commentary on why... Uh, Attorney General Landry, Governor-elect Landry, why he pulled off such a complete win in the governor's race. It's really been interesting. I'm sure you've heard the, the gross vote turnout was down from the Edwards, Edwards votes four years ago and eight years ago. And uh, there was also a particularly... Um, low turnout, but uh, on in minority voting, and what what I think is interesting about that, and uh, I'll maybe I'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, I don't know exactly how much time I've got. I think I've got a couple of minutes, uh, but the uh, why that voting was low. I I think you 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 underestimate what that tells you. I can tell you what when we do congressional redistricting. And we talk about voting patterns because that's what you've got to do, or state redistricting when you're talking about black voting patterns and white voting patterns. It's it's really interesting in evaluating voting patterns of the minority population, particularly when there's a minority candidate. 
what happens is if the minority candidate is not well received, there's two ways that the, the minority population will vote against that candidate. When we get back, I just got my signal. When we get back, we're going to talk about the minority low vote, the overall low vote, and the winners, the losers, and where our government in Louisiana may be going uh, in the next four years. This is Paul Hurd, your host. Louisiana Live is coming in hot. We need to hear from you at 504-556-9696. I cannot believe you don't have something to say, good or bad, about the results. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, this is Jeff Cruer. Join me at 7 a.m. till 11 right here on WGSO 990 a.m. for Ringside Politics with a Punch. We're going to be bringing you great guests. We'll discuss the latest hot topics and, of course, taking your phone calls. On Tuesday, Ringside All-Star Michelle Hurst checks in. We'll look at the election results and find out who the winners and losers were. We'll also talk to Dr. Randy Russ, our election expert, and figure out why voter turnout was so low. All of that and more right here on Ringside from 7 to 11 on WGSO. Hey, it's Kevin Carr with your personal sneak preview invitation to join me on Sunday evening from 8 to 9 for Fat Guys at the Movies. Each week, I give you my take on the newest movies and movie news, but in a fun way. Not like those stuffy movie review snobs who take themselves way too seriously. I tell you if the new movies rock or not. Yes, it's fun for all ages with Fat Guys at the Movies. I'll see you Sunday evening at 8 on WGSO 990 AM. Hey, Mimi, we're moving. Moving to Wednesdays at 5. You can check out He Said, She Said on a new day. Hump day. A new day, but we'll still be discussing and debating the hot topics. And take your phone call. You can listen to us on 990 AM, WGSO, WGSO.com. And find out who's right. Of course, that's me. No, of course, that's me. I've been doing this 23 years, Mimi. Practice makes perfect. So you see, we'll have plenty to talk about on He Said, She Said. Wednesdays at 5. Right here on WGSO. Join me, Mitch Gibbs, every Monday and Friday at 5 p.m. live on WGSO Radio New Orleans, talking Saints football in our 12th season in the red zone. We'll be live at Premier Nissan at 6636 Veterans Boulevard, where Metairie meets Kenner for another exciting season of Saints football live on WGSO Radio. Hi, I'm William Wallace. You can hear me live on Tuesday nights at 5 o'clock here on WGSO or see what I have to say on Facebook at William Wallace Forum. WGSO 990 AM is the only locally owned and operated talk station in New Orleans. We feature 20 local hosts discussing a variety of topics in an era when the daily newspaper is being discontinued and our competitors are out-of-state media conglomerates. We ask you, our listeners, to support local programming on a local station. To advertise or sponsor one of our great shows, contact me at jeff at wgso.com or call 504-669-6076. Join me, Mitch Gibbs, every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. for our eighth season of Breakfast with the Bayou Bengals, live from the Silver Slipper Casino in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. It's the Flaming Conservative. Join me now on Friday nights at 7 p.m. for Holy and Patriotic Jambalaya on WGSO.
We're back. Glad to be here. It's Monday evening, 4.15. Let's talk about that crazy Saturday vote. Uh, I know you heard a lot of commentary, but you, you get fed a lot of pablum uh, from these experts that have been running the system, the people that have been on the inside of the good old boy network, and what they tell you, much of it is their self-fulfilling excuses for why the people did not accept this time what they were being fed um, from the status quo, from the machine, from if an incumbent's got to be good because he uh, spent $2 billion worth of our surplus. But let's start at the top with Governor Landry or Governor-elect Landry. Uh, there's a lot of commentary about the vote being a low turnout vote and even more so on whether that low turnout vote was even more exaggerated with the minority vote. But let me tell you, I've, I've done a good bit of congressional redistricting, which means we have to study and present to courts information about as elections occur like this, you analyze the voting patterns in different precincts, different areas, which gives you some insight into minority voting patterns. The, uh, uh, in, in this case, a lot of people are, are, are trying to say, Minority voting just didn't turn out. They don't know why. I'll tell you why. The minority vote is changing because the status quo, the, oh, let's keep them poor and down on the farm or in the project, is over, is dying. Social media, public media, what success other states are having, the minority population is refusing to accept their low place in the on the economic ladder, and they want better for them themselves. They want a fair opportunity, They're, and more importantly, a fair opportunity for their children and a good education for their children. Also, the minority population is the biggest victim of this crime spree. It is uh, where the crime hits the road. It's where children who are not participating in anything nefarious, where they die. That's, this is where they're assaulted on the way to school. Minority population isn't going to accept lousy schools when we get there and dangerous trips on the way to school. But being the victim of crime does not encourage you to vote for people whose only answer <coughs> for crime is we need to be softer and understand the criminal. And that's where Governor Bell Edwards was. That's where a lot of the, of the minority representatives are. And what I'm going to tell you, I think in two years and in four years, we're going to start getting good minority candidates 
that are conservative. They want good education, safe streets, punishment for the guilty. We want a fair justice system. But we want a justice system that protects us that are working hard to succeed. And that's something that includes crime, get it off the street, and then give me an opportunity to succeed. And that's cutting taxes. They don't need to be an addict to tax money. The minority community will take care of itself. It will work. It will produce, and it will educate its children. But part of that is let us keep our hard-earned money. And that money is as hard-earned at the lower end of the economic ladder as anywhere. Uh, So cut taxes is playing better and better in the minority community, Hispanic particularly. They're hardworking, willing to play by the rules. And also, whether they like to admit it or not, the vast majority of the minority, black, and, and even more so Hispanic, are traditional Christians who don't want to be taken advantage of through the LGBTQ transgender craziness in the woke world. And tremendous number of the of the uh, minority representatives that are getting elected are so liberal on this issue that they're ignoring the Christian values that their own voters and their family traditional voters. All of this education, traditional men, women, family structure, parents have control of their children, cutting taxes, expanding the economy, and stopping violent crime. Every one of those issues were number one issues, were top of the list for Jeff Landry, and they're at the top of the list of the minority voter. We all live together, and these policies are good for all of us. And it was interesting that the uh, Landry got over the statewide was up to a 12% uh, portion of the black vote. The uh, I haven't heard the number on the Hispanic vote, but I, I believe it's going to be uh, every bit of that or twice that. And the reason why is wokeness changes go back to sleep because we're through with it. Look, Paul Hurd's your host. When we get back, we're going to talk numbers and other races. 504-556-9696 is Louisiana Excellence Hotline. We'll be right back. Get ready, Raider New Orleans. The Great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two days only, October 21st and 22nd at the Punch Train Center on Williams Boulevard. Show hours, Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 10 to 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available full of guns, 
knives, ammunition, holsters, gun books, camouflage, jewelry, and more. That's the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show, October 21st and 22nd at the Punch Train Center. Show hours, 9 to 5 on Saturday, 10 to 5 on Sunday. Don't miss it. The Beat Exchange with Barbara Hoover, Monday evenings at 7 p.m. The place for unadulterated truths brought to you by a pillar of the New Orleans community. From civil rights to constitutional rights to elder rights to just what's plain right, the Beat Exchange is your local community voice. Tune in to the Beat Exchange with Barbara Hoover, Monday evenings at 7 p.m. New Orleans, are you ready to have a conversation? Well, if you are, Ron Richardson is here to tell you that you should tune in to my show, Conversations with Ron Richardson, every Saturday morning from 11 a.m. until 12 noon here on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com, where we discuss mental health, disability, and everyday life. Tune in to Conversations with Ron Richardson every Saturday morning from 11 a.m. until 12 noon here on WGSO 990 AM and WGSO.com. The 34th Annual New Orleans Film Festival, inviting guests to six days of in-person screenings at the Contemporary Arts Center, The Broad, and the Britannia Theaters Uptown and at Canal Place from November 2nd to the 7th, plus a virtual cinema running November 2nd through the 12th. Tickets and pass information, film schedule, and how to watch from wherever you are at NewOrleansFilmFestival.org. We know you'll have a great time, so your first ticket is on us with the code NOLALOVE. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. Republican Jeff Landry winning the governor's race in the primary was a surprise as political observers expected a November runoff. GMC analytics pollster John Cuvion says Landry's tough-on-crime message connected with the 547,000 people who voted for him. Jeff ran a focused, disciplined campaign that was talking about crime and his humble beginnings, which to me was far more focused and coherent than anything his Republican opponents could offer. Kuvion says Landry receiving 12% of the black vote in African-American-dominated precincts was also a big key in Saturday's victory. Can the U.S. House come to an agreement on a speaker? Bat Rouge Congressman Garrett Graves hopes it happens soon because they need to get to work on a multiple of issues. Things like the southern border, Israel, the Ukraine and Taiwan situations, the appropriation situation that, that affects issues right here in Louisiana. A vote on a new speaker is expected tomorrow. Jeff Palermo, Louisiana Radio Network. Medicaid members, keep your address and phone number up to date to make sure you receive important information about your health insurance and you don't risk losing your coverage. If you get a letter from Louisiana Medicaid, follow the directions and respond to it as soon as possible. For questions or to update your info, call the number on your insurance card or visit healthy.la.gov. That's healthy.la.gov. Remember, keep your contact information up to date and respond to Medicaid letters so you don't lose your health care coverage. Have you lost Louisiana Medicaid? At healthcare.gov, you can find a low-cost, quality health plan. Do plans cover doctor visits? What about emergency care? And prescriptions? All covered and more. Plus, with the new law, four out of five customers can find a plan for $10 or less per month with financial help. Healthcare.gov is here for you. Enroll today for coverage starting the first of next month. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. 
Tux Charitable Foundation, in association with the Crew of Tux Parade, is holding the 4th Tux Umbrella Walk and Gumbo Gras on October 28th at 9 a.m. in Audubon Park, Shelter No. 10 off Magazine Street. Food, drink, live music are all included with registration. This is where Mardi Gras meets Halloween, and everyone is encouraged to come in costume. Kids' activities include the Small Friars Umbrella Decorating Tent, Decorated Wagon Parade, and Small Friars Funhouse. Please go to www.tuxfoundation.org for information and registration. When the time came, I knew I had to find a place where mom would be safe and active while still feeling independent. A place that was close to all of us and everything she needed. Locally owned and operated in the heart of Gonzales, I found Francois Ben's Senior Living. They specialize in independent and assisted living and memory care. Call 225-647-BEND for more information on our special pre-leasing offers. Francois Ben Senior Living. Experience life as it should be. Hello, this is David Jeremiah. Join me each weekday morning at 5.30 or 6.30 for Turning Point here on Talk Radio 990 AM. Got your license to grill? Call Chew on This, Saturdays at noon on WGSO, and tell us all about it. Don Clement and Patty B are waiting to hear your cooking secrets. Hello, this is Jack Clegg. Thank you for listening and participating in the Jack Clegg Show Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Our audience and management have asked us to extend the show to Thursday nights at 7 p.m., and we will do that, at least until the 2024 election is over. We will continue to oppose the rich men north of Richmond who want to control what we think and control what we do. More and more Americans are listening on American Ground. Listen each Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. with Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Parr. Oh, we're back. We're back. Glad to be here with you. 1-800. No. That's, an, that's the old radio station I used to do. one 504 556-9696, Louisiana Excellence Hotline, talking about the election. Look, what I wanted to make the point about is that we really do have an interesting evolution going on with the minority vote in this state and really very much across the nation, and that is when we do election results and we we separate them out to try to discern what candidates did a particular group, white, Asian, Hispanic, uh, African-American, which group did, did favor a particular candidate. There's ways that's done statistically, and uh, we need not go into all that. But what I was going to say is what we have found and this is interesting, and I didn't necessarily—I didn't expect this with Sean Wilson as a candidate. I thought he was a good candidate. He had a good resume, but he didn't have, or he didn't develop, he didn't bring to the table a strong, unifying message or a evangelical type mission for his political political justification to elect him. And what you find with minority vote, and I, I'm going I'm to say these, and I don't know how the others cut. There's one at the end that I'm not sure how it cuts. But when we would analyze elections and determine which candidate was, was favored and by how much was it favored, 
between white and non-white candidates, what we often found is that with uh, the, the best test statistically was a black candidate, a viable black candidate against a viable group of white candidates or even one candidate. But what happened in this one is what we found was often when there is not a black candidate, and there was this time, but when there's not a black candidate, what you find is the way a minority population statistically in the literature, how they vote no is not to turn out. The way they say, I'm not interested in these candidates or... I'm interested in a candidate that is untraditional for my group, and that is Jeff Landry. What happens is the, the way to get minority votes for Republicans historically has been that if the minority population is satisfied with the Republican candidate, particularly if it's against a black candidate that the minorities are not uh, energized by, there's two ways to vote for the other candidate. One is to go vote for the other candidate. Jeff Landry got 12% of the minority vote, which is a, a particularly good number if you consider that the minority turnout was a full one-third uh, down. But interestingly, the other way to minority populations vote for a change is they choose not to vote. And I'll tell you, I believe that Jeff Landry, between the vote for Jeff Landry to help us with crime, help us with education, help us with this economy, with those 12% affirmative vote and the low minority turnout was itself a percentage vote for Jeff Landry. And I think what you'll find is functionally they weren't prepared, and this is what happens, they're not prepared to vote against a fellow African-American, but they're not prepared to vote for this African-American and to solve that conundrum, they stay home, you get this exaggerated low turnout is an endorsement that they are not challenged by one candidate that they're afraid of. And I think what happened is uh, they recognized that Jeff Landry is going to help the African-American community, the Hispanic community, get safer and get their children to school and get them to schools where they can get educated. So I, I don't want to leave that untouched because a lot of the commentary from the status quo people wants to be, oh, Jeff Landry really didn't get elected. Nobody turned out. No, no, let me tell you, when people are threatened, they turn out. When people are satisfied that their result that they want is going to occur, it will depress turnout. Listen to what they say with these runoffs. We've got Attorney General uh, runoff with um, with Liz Merle uh, running against a Democrat. 
And what's going to happen is you're going to see 90% of the advertising is by the Republicans is going to be, you have to finish. Don't be so complacent that you believe that I don't need to go vote because Merle's going to win anyway. If you support uh, the, uh, the, the, I think it's, let me see if I got, I want to make sure. The uh, third place was sort of close in the uh, attorney general's race. And so we've got uh, Lindsay Cheek uh, in uh, second place. So she's going to run against Liz Morrell. She's a progressive, progressive, woke, uh, free the criminal, the criminal, it's just not his fault type of candidate. And I believe what you'll get for her is a no turnout turnout. And it's because they won't help. They won't help with this crime. They want to protect their family. Same thing in the Secretary of State uh, runoff, the... Uh, Miss Landry, and I'm trying to see the uh, Miss Landry's first. Gwen Collins Greenup in the Secretary of State is second. She'll be in a runoff. She's a Democrat, and again, you're going to have the same dynamics. Uh, that the question is going to be, how do you get out your vote next time? And I think with the uh, Secretary of State, it's going to be on the coattail of, to me, really, uh, what the uh, Attorney General election does, we'll see. And the Treasurer election, again, this one I just think is going to be a get-out-the-vote battle, and that is John Fleming came in first. Uh, Dustin Granger, a Democrat, came in second. But the third, there were only three, the third person was a Republican and he had 23%, 24%, and uh, Fleming only had 44 and so all he needs is a third of that Republican vote to come out again, and he's, he's over the top anyway. And I think that's really what you're going to find. Uh, you may get one of these second-place people to drop out of either the treasurer or the secretary of state race. Uh, the attorney general, I think, will be a race that – won't let go. And I think because that's something that the powers that be, the last ones left standing, can focus on, and I think it really will get, it could get ugly, it could get nasty, but also remembering that that's the office that Jeff Landry came out of, it's hard for it to get too nasty if what you're facing is whatever you do to Liz Morrell, you're going to have to face her friend and, and, and mentor, Jeff Landry, as governor. And, you know, we don't forget when someone punches our friend in the nose. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but I really did want to mention that about the minority vote. I want, what we need in this state, I think, to help the minority population invigorate itself, step out, and, and, and start really making progress economically is we need conservative Republican candidates that are African-American and Hispanic. The Hispanic, 
I don't think so, uh, is an issue. I don't think the race is that big an issue. The problem with the Democratic Party is it's dug itself a hole. It's put itself in the corner that you've got all these litmus tests of we need to kill babies till they're babies. We need, we need to tax people out of, out of their income. And we need to help the criminal, not the victims. That's not what the African-American community needs anymore. That story's old. Look, we'll get back. We'll take one more break. We'll do our last segment on the election. Talk about a few other things, maybe. Paul Hurd, your host. Louisiana Live is coming in hot. Bringing you up to date on all the insides on this election. We'll be right back. Career, host of Ringside Politics. I'd like to introduce WGSO General Manager Marianne Guzman. WGSO is locally owned and operated right here in New Orleans. We believe in cultivating local talent and emphasize local programs. If you have an interest in hosting your own program, then we have some prime spots available. Thanks, Marianne. Folks, take advantage of this great offer. Email me at jeff at wgso.com or call me at 504-669-6076. Come fulfill your radio dreams at WGSO. What does grace mean to you? At Grace at the Green Light, a 501c3 nonprofit, we believe that everyone deserves a hot meal, clean drinking water, and the chance to go home again. Our work is made possible through the generous support of Faubourg Private Wealth, which provides holistic financial planning tailored for your family. Find out more at fpwa.com. Hey, it's Kevin Carr with your personal sneak preview invitation to join me on Sunday evening from 8 to 9 for Fat Guys at the Movies. Each week, I give you my take on the newest movies and movie news, but in a fun way. Not like those stuffy movie review snobs who take themselves way too seriously. I tell you if the new movies rock or not. Yes, it's fun for all ages with Fat Guys at the Movies. I'll see you Sunday evening at 8 on WGSO 990 AM. Donate your vehicle and make a difference. WGSO 990 AM has partnered with Charitable Adult Rides and Services, also known as CARS, to allow you the opportunity to donate your car, truck, motorcycle, RV, or boat to our nonprofit organization. You may qualify for a tax deduction while supporting a cause that is near and dear to your heart. Simply go to WGSO.com and follow the link on our homepage. Vehicle donation pickup is always free to you and most vehicles can be picked up within 24 to 72 hours. You'll receive an initial car donation receipt upon pickup and then the CARS team will work to turn your car into cash to support our cause. Once your vehicle is sold, the CARS team will provide you proper tax forms in time to file. Their friendly donor support representatives are available seven days a week to assist throughout the process. Again, for more information, go to WGSO.com. Hey, Mimi, we're moving. Moving to Wednesdays at 5. You can check out He Said, She Said on a new day. Hump day. A new day, but we'll still be discussing and debating the hot topics. And take your phone call. You can listen to us on 990 AM, WGSO, WGSO WGSO.com. And find out who's right. Of course, that's me. No, of course, that's me. I've been doing this 23 years, Mimi. Practice makes perfect. So you see, we'll have plenty to talk about on He Said, She Said. Wednesdays at 5. Right here on WGSO. 
to finish this rascal up and talk about, finish up a few things about the election. One thing I, I wanted to mention, I think it's worth the trouble, and that is we all have our burdens in life. One of our burdens in life around this area is that we've got the NOLA times Union as our newspaper, as our major media outlet, the traditional media outlet. Let's, all right, let's talk about the what the advocate was able to, uh, the Times-Picayune advocate could do, they endorsed Steve Wagaspak as governor. They said he was a leader. He was, ignore what he did with Bobby Jindal for four or six years. Ignore that he was the, the, the big lobbyist for big business for a decade. Oh, Steve Wagaspak is the man for you. <laughs> he got 5% of the vote. He got five, five minutes to tell me why you ought to be governor. He just, I mean, it was such a bad endorsement. The uh, same thing's going to happen in the attorney general. The same, the only endorsement that the Times-Picayune advocate and I agreed on was Billy Nungesser for lieutenant governor. Other than that, the attorney general endorsement was terrible. I don't have it written down. But their governor's endorsement was the classic, let's just keep Rome burning uh, while we fiddle in our penthouses. And uh, that, was, that was something I had to, 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 to bring up. Also, uh, now I, I do want to say this. Uh, John Schroeder ran for governor, made a great effort, has been a great treasurer. I wanted to make sure I remembered to say this before I finished today. He didn't do as well as he thought he was. He didn't do as very well at all. But he was kind enough to send out an email, flash email, to all his contacts, not just supporters, contacts, that said, thank you for helping, thank you for listening, and that uh, he uh, appreciates their support, and that... Uh, he hopes that what they did will help Louisiana uh, improve and move forward. I think he may very well be in another position where he can continue to help the state, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But I wanted to commend Schroeder uh, on calling, well, on on congratulating uh, Governor Landry and on uh, letting his people that support him know that he thanked them for what they did. Class and courtesy is missing too much in politics, and this is one that uh, needed not to be overlooked. I also wanted to mention, uh, I think I did earlier, that Sheck Snyder ran for Secretary of State. Um, he was one of the fraud squad. He was a Republican that went over and joined with Governor Edwards to help the Democrats run the state for the last eight years. And we've got nothing but decline on it. But I do want to congratulate uh, Sheck Schneider on getting 14% of the vote coming in a distant fourth uh, in, in the Secretary of State's race. And uh, just remember, uh, when you are willing to betray someone, think about Benedict Arnold. When he 
betrayed the United States or the colonies and went over to Britain, he was given his reward. He was given his 30 pieces of silver. But even the British after that would not trust him because they knew what he was. They knew at the end of the day he would turn on anybody. He would turn on his lifelong friends. Well, Mr. Uh, uh, Sheck Schneider, you got a solid 14%. Uh, you're not close. And remember this, people know you for what you are, and that's a shame. Uh, same thing for Mr. Stefanski, who was, again, one of the fraud squatters, who was one of the people who thought he could be a, a turncoat and be uh, an, a, a, a spokesman for Governor Edwards in the legislature. And he ran for attorney general. Man, aren't you proud of your 16% vote? Not close. Not close. And what's important about this is to show that you can't, you've got to be a man of your word. I think that was one of the things that was most offensive about, I believe it was Sheck Snyder's campaign that said he's a, he's a man of his word. He's a man of his word. Yeah, he told his voters he was Republican and, he, and, and thereafter immediately handed the keys to the legislature over to the Democrats. Thank you, Benedict. But look, it's good to know you. Sorry to see you go. Uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Those are some things that changed. The, um, it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here, whether or not the Secretary of State office and the uh, Treasurer's office, whether either of those challengers looks at the numbers and decides it's not worth it. I think uh, uh, if I still got my caller, I've got my caller, Matthew, from either Homa or Metairie, depending on whether he's gotten home or not. Matthew, you there? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm at work right now. I'm fixing to uh, wind up for the day. So I'm looking at the governor's race, and uh, I voted for uh, Landry. Very nervous right. about it because he was a you know just I just could never get the questions I wanted the answers to answered, uh, and so I'm wondering with Landry, like what you know, well like for instance would he approve constitutional carry? Never got an answer for that. Uh, there's a number of other things, uh, or or or, be, or or maybe more precisely said, would he veto? Constitutional carry if it gets passed by the legislature. Right. Uh, so I never really got an answer to that. Uh, well, wait a minute. I'll make I'll, I'll make you a deal. Um, a, um, a a mother's roast beef poor boy. I'll bet you if and when it hits his desk, he's proud to sign it. I can. I'll bet you the poor boy he won't veto it. I'll bet you he'll sign it. Um, I'll happily. I'm, I'm just looking for. for a, I'm just looking for a good poor boy. Okay, I'll happily pay for your po' boy if that ever happens. So we got to right, get good, back to the good. legislature, and we didn't get as much turnout as we wanted. Uh, stinky, stagny, skunk. Uh, his opponent, he survived, uh, didn't he? Oh, did he ever? I mean, it was like a uh, battleship against a destroyer in a one-on-one -on -one match. It was ugly. <laughs> uh, so uh, with Landry, I'm just like hoping and praying that we're not singing the song by the Who, meet the new boss, the same as the old boss. Oh, well, look, and you're exactly right. What we've got, one thing that, like, uh, Dan Bongino says, he says, I'm not in love 
with anybody. I'm in love with what they do, or I hate what they do. And I think this is important for the politicians to recognize, and that is, guys, this is, and ladies, this is not personal. This is, this is the future of our people of Louisiana, and we want results. We want a better economy, less crime, and a lot less taxes because it'll give us a better economy, and a better economy will help us with crime. But we need a justice system that doesn't wait on growing the economy to slow down crime. We need to tell criminals you're going to jail and you can't commit a crime if you're in jail. Yeah, well, we also uh, need to uh, tell the people that they are free to fight crime by themselves and they don't have to wait for the police Amen. should it be inconvenient to do so. Like, the criminal is right here in front of you. Oh, look, I was, uh, I was, thinking, about, I was thinking about that with um, uh, of the, uh, the Hamas horrific uh, acts, and I'm going... I'm going to pack a gun. <laughs> but look, Matt, I got to let you go. I'm running out of time. Right. It's a great call. Appreciate you calling. We'll have a great Tuesday tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about the state itself and where we're going. Paul Hurd's your host. Louisiana Live is always coming in hot. We'll see you at 4 o'clock tomorrow. But if you much as touch, you're going to have yourself a case. I'm going to break your face. Now don't mess with my toot toot. Don't mess with my the Louisiana Music and Heritage Experience presents NOLA Funk Fest, October 20th through the 22nd at the New Orleans Jazz Museum. This festival includes three days of our local beloved music, food, art, and fun, plus a special Fats Domino and Dave Bartholomew exhibit. The festival will feature Irma Thomas, Leo Nocentelli, the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, George Porter Jr. and the Running Partners, and so much more. For tickets and more information, go to nolafunkfest.com. This is Kate Delaney from America Tonight. The show kicks on at midnight, and I'm loving the overwhelming support in New Orleans. What a group of fantastic listeners here on WGSO 990 AM. Join me every morning to catch up on what I call the buzz in your backyard and mine. You'll hear some of the most interesting people on the planet from the world of business, politics, sports, and, well, just intriguing people with a story to tell. If you're around, give us a call. Don't worry, I'll spit out the number plenty of times on the air. Let's agree to meet at midnight right here on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans. The 34th Annual New Orleans Film Festival, inviting guests to six days of in-person screenings at the Contemporary Arts Center, The Broad, and the Britannia Theaters Uptown and at Canal Place from November 2nd to the 7th, plus Plus, a virtual cinema running November 2nd through the 12th. Tickets and pass information, film schedule, and how to watch from wherever you are at NewOrleansFilmFestival.org. We know you'll have a great time, so your first ticket is on us with the code NOLALOVE. You might be afraid to speak out for fear of canceled culture or losing your job. Christian Garrick Show on WGSO is your platform. Noon to 2, weekdays, right here on 990 AM WGSO. More and more Americans are listening on American Ground. Listen each Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. with Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Parr. Everything old is new again is changing time from 1 o'clock on Saturdays to 9 a.m. WGSO 990 a.m. David Cohen, what do you think?
Well, we've got to wake up earlier, but I'm just as excited for nine o'clock. How about that? Everything old is new again.